You know, as we come together this morning, I think about this every Sunday. And this morning before we study, I want us to to go to God in prayer. And I specifically want us to pray for this. Every time we assemble together as his people, we have lots of folks in this room who are struggling. Struggling with health, struggling with loss of loved ones, struggling with sin, struggling with just trying to find our way in life. And as we come together and and look around this room this morning, what we begin to realize is we're in this together. We're in this and we're marching with God, but we're also marching as an army of people with one another. And as scripture says, when one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And so with that thought in mind this morning, I want you to join hands with those next to you as a family this morning, and I want us to go to God in prayer. Father, we've been reminded this morning from your word that you are light and salvation. Whom shall we fear? You're the stronghold of our life. Whom shall we be afraid? But Father, we also come to you this morning confessing that we struggle. We have sin in our life. We have those things in our life, Father, that they keep us from having that close, intimate walk with you. And Father, this morning we lay all of these at your feet. Because we realize, as we have sung this morning, that you are mighty to save. And we need your saving hand, Father. We need you to lead us in a dark world. Father, we need your light to continue to shine down on us. And may we be touched by that light to go out as you've commanded and for us to be that light in this world. Work through us, Father. Shine through us. and May all glory fall on you. Father, for those in this room that are walking in the valley of the shadow of death as they suffer loss of loved ones close to them, I pray that you be with them, Father. I pray that you comfort them. For those that have health struggles, for those that are recovering from illnesses, Father, whatever the situation, you know all of our hearts. We just want you to be with us. And we want you to guide us in this world. In the name of Jesus we pray and all the church said, Amen. Amen. I want you to turn this morning to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible or a smart device, you can use the Bible right in front of you on page 725. There was a Sunday school teacher giving her class an assignment to read Isaiah chapter 9. And so the next Sunday, she asked the class, she said, how many of you remembered to read the chapter? And of course, 
all the hands go up. And she said, wonderful. And she said, I've got a piece of candy for anyone that completes the second half of this verse. And the verse reads, the people who walked in darkness. And instantly all these hands go up and here's what they begin to shout. The people who walked in darkness used less electricity. The people who walked in darkness stubbed their toes a lot. The people who walked in darkness spend most of their time sleeping. The people who walked in darkness are usually burglars. People who walked in darkness could really use a flashlight. You know, I I like that. And I think it reminds us that God, through his son Jesus, is light. Amen? And he's reached down to us to remind us that you're to be salt and you're to be light in a dark world. Now, obviously, those answers that those children gave were not the right answer exactly. They made for good laughter. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 reads like this. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then I want you to look at our text for this morning in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servants in peace. Verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. If you're underlining something in your Bible this morning, I want you to underline that phrase, and we'll come back to it in a minute. And the glory of your people Israel, and the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. You know, there's just something about how this was said that has always led us to believe that Simeon was getting on up there in age, but the fact of the matter was this God had made this man a promise. And in his eyes, here's what he's saying I'm not going to die until I have seen the Messiah. I'm not going to die until I have seen Jesus. And here's the important thing that God was doing through Simeon's life He had made a promise. And so with that promise in mind, here's what Simeon does that I think is such a great example for us in our walk with Christ today. He was actively looking for the Messiah. Now, as we live life today and as we walk this earth, I wonder this morning, what are you looking for? You know, a lot of us are always looking for happiness We're always looking for how we can make the next buck. 
we're always looking for you know, ways that we can help our children and help our grandchildren and, and just protect them and make sure that they're going to be okay in this dark world. What are you looking for right now in your walk with God? Maybe times that we need to look for those moments where we see that God is working in ways that we cannot even begin to see. You see, a lot of times we've used this analogy, sometimes we put God in a box, don't we? And sometimes we're so easy to say, this is the only way that God can work. And about that time, God surprises us once again, and he begins to say, you know what? Oh, ye of little faith, I can work in ways that goes beyond comprehension. I can can work in ways that go beyond what our mind can even fathom. Our God, as we've talked about and sung the beautiful song this morning, our God is mighty to save. So he's actively looking for the Messiah. When you can almost see him walking around the temple, searching the face of each person who came through the gates, and he just knows that he's going to encounter the Messiah right here in the temple. And much to his surprise, He looks out and he sees an eight-day-old baby boy being carried by Mary. And guess what? He knows. He knows at that point, here is the promise. God is making true and delivering his promise. And this is the one. And the Spirit of God tells him, this is the child born to be a king. I want you to go back in your mind. Some of you may be doing this this morning. What is it like to hold a newborn baby? What's it like? I mean, there's nothing to describe that, is there? I mean, it's such a wonderful and a peaceful feeling, especially as you're holding that newborn in your arms. And a lot of times, what are they doing? They are sound asleep, okay? And all we can do is look at them and think, oh, that looks so good, right? That looks so peaceful. That looks so wonderful. And what we begin to realize is we are holding miracle we are holding God's creation we are holding something that God breathed life into and as Shane has reminded us this morning when we come to the table we begin to realize in John 3 16 for God so loved the world I want you to fathom that in your mind this morning not just one group of people or another group of people God so loved the world that he gave his son let that soak in for a minute this morning where would you and i be this morning without the son of god where where would this world be and so this morning i want us to focus for just a moment on that one little phrase In Luke chapter 2, the first part, verse 32, that the Messiah would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. What does that mean? Why would Simeon say it? Simeon said it because it's what God had reminded the people about the Messiah in Isaiah chapter 42. And here was the promise that he laid out. I will keep you. And will make you to be a covenant 
for the people and a light for the Gentiles. And then again, the same promise as he goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 49, God says it again. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel that I've kept. I'm also going to make you a light for the Gentiles. And look at this next part, that my salvation may reach, how far church? To the ends of the earth. And later on in the book of Acts, we read about the time when Paul was preaching to a group of Jews about Jesus. And guess what? They rejected his message. And so Paul quotes Isaiah 49 to them saying that since they had rejected Christ, he's now going to turn his message to the Gentiles. Look in verse 47. We now turn to the Gentiles. I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and also who were appointed for eternal life, those who believed. And so these Gentiles became Christians because they realized that Jesus had come not just for the Jews, but for them as well. You know what breaks my heart this morning? All the songs that we've sung this morning have been great reminders for us in our life. Lord, shine on us. You're mighty to save. Give thanks to the Lord. I mean, all these songs, what a great message to remind us. But what breaks my heart is for those who do not know who Jesus is. Church, that is who we need to be concerned about. We need to be concerned about those in our city, those in our county who have not yet heard about this man named Jesus. And just like Simeon, he's actively looking for the Messiah. There's a lot of people in our city today that are looking for things, but maybe, just maybe when they see us, maybe they get a small glimpse of this man we call Jesus. Maybe they get a small glimpse to realize there is something different about you. There's something different about me that kind of stands out a little bit to cause them to want to know more. And those are doors of opportunity that we have to begin to tell our story of how we too came into the light and came into a saving relationship with God. you got to remember that in the day of Jesus, I mean, the Gentiles, they were hated by the Jews. Nothing to do with them. They wouldn't eat with them, wouldn't talk with them, wouldn't pass the time of day with them. In fact, if a Jew brought something from a Gentile merchant, he'd take it home, and what's the first thing they would do? They would wash it because it was dirty and they had to to cleanse it and if they bought a table or a chair they would dip it into a pool and they're they're washing away the filth of the gentiles from their new possession man we look at that today and we think how in the world could you do that how in the world could you go that far and yet in a different light are we guilty of the same thing 
Sometimes are we guilty of only associating with those who look like us? Sometimes are we guilty of only talking to those who smell like us? Sometimes are we guilty of only being around those who are in our class? Whatever class that might be. Shame on us and shame on our world for classifying people. God said, I have come and I'm sending my son to die for the whole world. Not just a certain group of people, but for the whole world. And when Jesus came on the scene, he knocked all those barriers down to welcome everybody at his table. And he's invited us to be that light and to send that same message to other people. You see, the Gentiles, they didn't have what the Jews had then. They're considered outsiders. They're considered what our world would label today as losers. They weren't part of the family of God. Only the Jews had a special covenant Gentiles didn't have it. They're on the outside looking in. Have you been there before? Have you ever been on the outside of something looking in just thinking, man, I wish I could be like that or I wish I could belong to that group? Do you know what the good news is? All of those on the outside that's looking to us, they all have an opportunity to come to Jesus. Just like you did. Just like me. And what God is telling Isaiah was this. When the Messiah comes, when the one comes who is better and who can take care of all of this, here's the message he sends. This is all going to change. And it's all going to change for the better. It's all going to change for your good. And as Simeon looks to Joseph and Mary and says, Jesus, this, your, your son here is going to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus had come to die for both the Jew and the Gentile. And about three years after the church began, Peter is preaching to a Roman centurion and his household. And not only did they become Christians, do you remember what happened? The floodgates opened up and all the Gentiles to come into the church and they came in a rush and all of a sudden what you began to see spread like wildfire. Gentile churches were established throughout Philippi and Ephesus and Corinth and all throughout the regions to get the word out. That God had also come for us. You just think. You think of those in our community who may not know that or who may not believe it. But somehow when we get the message out to them that God is for them too, you just think of the joy. You think of the hope that's going to come across their life and their soul when they begin to realize, you know what? Maybe I am worth something. Maybe I do have a lot of baggage in my life, but maybe, just maybe, 
this person that everybody's looking at and talking about named Jesus, maybe he's good enough to save me as well. And so this morning, as we kind of bring this down to us, you may be thinking, you know, what difference does all this make? Why should I care about who's a Jew and who's a Gentile? Why should I worry about whether or not this group or that group was a part of God's plan? And I think the key that we've got to understand is this. The key of the gospel message is that neither Jew nor Gentile deserved to be saved. To hold that thought, college professor teaching on this very topic He's talking about the mystery that God would choose to save the Gentiles. And as you can imagine, you college students, there's a lot of discussion. There's a lot of debate. There's lots of hands going up in the air. And finally, as they were kind of nearing the end of this discussion, the professor kind of ended it by this. He said, I'm not really amazed that God planned to save the Gentiles. He says, what puzzles me is why he'd choose to even save me. And when you look at it that way, and when you see it from that perspective, and when you can understand what have I done to be saved, maybe, just maybe, you can begin to see if God can save me, God can save anyone. Amen? Amen. If God can save me, if God can reach down and do This mighty thing for me, maybe he's really capable of doing it for the whole world, like he said. And I believe we've got to get to the point of this. If we don't understand that Jesus came to die for all mankind, we're going to be more inclined to reject all kinds of people who aren't like us. The floodgates are open for all, all to come to the table. And so often I'm afraid we get so comfortable with the way things are. But as we open up our heart, as we open up our mind as people of God to begin to realize that Jesus really came as a light, not just for Jews and Gentiles, he came as a light for all to see red and yellow black and white he came for all and so maybe that great little song that we teach our children at such a young age Jesus loves the little children of the world maybe the older we get maybe it really means more to us than what we can ever imagine and I want to tell you I think our kids get it better than us adults do And so next time you look at somebody, see them for what they're worth. See them for how God sees them. Here's a soul. May not look like me, may not be like me. And you know what I say to that? Praise God. We don't need more me's. We don't need more you's. We need all kinds of people. And so God is looking to us this morning, calling us to reach across lines, wherever they may be, to welcome all. 
in the name of Jesus. And when we do that, we begin to realize maybe Simeon was on to something. Maybe when Simeon was looking for the Messiah and searching the faces of every person who came in the door for Jesus, maybe he began to realize and we see the Messiah he was looking for wasn't like the Messiah the rest of the Jews sought. And we've got to see that. and We've got to understand it. There are some scholars who think that this Simeon was the son of the great Rabbi Hillel. Hillel had established a college for rabbis and his son followed in his father's steps and eventually he was chosen to take his place and lead the college. But Simeon lost his position of leadership because the Jews of his days believed the Messiah would establish an earthly kingdom, a kingdom that would throw off the shackles of the hated Romans and establish Israel as a great nation worth reckoning with. But this particular Simeon comes along and he says, I don't buy that. And he stood up and he said, I don't believe in that. He said, I believe the Messiah's kingdom is going to be a spiritual kingdom that would be greater than any earthly kingdom could ever compare with. He had, a, he had a price to pay, but he was willing to do it because the one who went to the cross had a, had a price to pay too. He paid for our sins. He paid the penalty so you and I could have life. Will we take that? And will we realize it's not just for us, but it's for the whole world to see. Praise God for that. Praise God for his light of salvation and grace and mercy that the floodgates are open for all to come to him. And as we stand to sing a song of invitation this morning, maybe you need to do that. Maybe you're ready to put Christ on in baptism. Maybe you need prayers, as we've talked about this morning, for strength and for renewal and revival to just keep believing and keep pressing on in such a dark world. Whatever you may be faced with this morning, if it means you need to come down here in a public way, to speak with one of the leaders of this church. We invite you to do that. But all in all, let's stand as we continue to worship him.